Thank you, Dave, for responding to the Spirit. Was that awesome? God's calling us home. Whoever that word is for, maybe for all of us, to return to Him. You know, one of the... It's kind of interesting that one of the one of the scriptures that I was kept going back and forth with was the the messages to the church in Revelation, and so I want to I want to read that that section of scripture to you. It's already been communicated to us in in that last song and uh, in the word that that Dave gave. So I think it's so amazing. I'm not actually planning to to speak on it, but I want to read it. And we may, we may come back to it, we may not. It's a Revelation chapter 2. This one won't be on your screen there. It says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven lampstands, which is Jesus. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You persevered, you have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who's victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Those are the words of Jesus to the church in Ephesus. And so, man, he is calling us to come back to our first love. For some of us, it's maybe calling us to come to the first love for the first time. That following Jesus has not been about love, it's been about duty, or it's been about a religious practice or whatever whatever we've turned it into but it has it hasn't been love it hasn't been passion it hasn't been desire and really that's that's what sustains us in our relationship with god is is passion and love and desire if you lose your love you're going to lose everything happens in marriage if you lose your love for one another and I'm, i'm not talking about feelings i'm not talking about uh just fleeting feelings or uh Desi- you know, physical desires, those things can come and go and change and all kinds of stuff happens to that. But your love, if your love is there, you'll make it. And so Jesus, I think it's a good word to remind us that, that the Holy Spirit was highlighting that for us, that we need to return to our first love. It's got to be about Him. It's got to be about Him. People of God, it's got to be about Him. 
We've got to lay aside everything that would try to hinder us. We've got to lay aside anything that would distract us, the, the hindrances and the sin that so easily tangle, entangles us and run the race set before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Hebrews twelve three. So I feel like this this morning is is a time of reflection. It's really a time of just us connecting with Jesus. It's not so much a time of me giving a long teaching. And so I'm really going to share just a short word, and then we're going to receive communion together. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start the year off uh, at the Lord's table, as I think that's so important. But I want to read a, an earlier scripture in Revelation and just give us a couple thoughts. If you're in your Bible in Revelation, we're just going to go to Revelation 1 and verse 4. And Revelation, of course, is a very uh, symbolic and apocalyptic prophetic book. There's all kinds of imagery and stuff that goes on in it. But really, it's 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 an encounter with Jesus that causes the book of Revelation. It's John the Apostle. He has as a personal encounter with Jesus Christ after he's already uh, gone to heaven. Uh, he's been away from John physically for 40 or 50 years or so. And it says this, John, this is John's words, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the sevenfold spirit of God or the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. We already heard the prophetic word about the blood. He's freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him and even those who pierced him and all peoples on the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And so there's a lot going on right there. I mean, this is a powerful encounter that John has uh, with, with Jesus. And then he communicates a message to the churches. And these were actual churches. The church in Ephesus, in the city of Ephesus, the church of Smyrna and Pergamum, and Thyatira, and Laodicea, and Sardis, and Philadelphia. And uh, so these, the, after this part, there's going to be seven, you know, actually personal messages from Jesus to the churches. And really, we need to hear the personal message of Jesus for our lives. What the Spirit is saying. Greg already mentioned this earlier. I feel like I'm just standing up here just mentioning, hey, God's already said this. Let's, let's, re- let's be reminded of this. But we need to hear what the Spirit is saying in this time to the churches. And guess what? Because we are priests, we can hear God. That there, there is not, I am not the, the priest. I am not the 
minister, even though we, we use those terminologies. I, I am not, that is not who I am. You are a minister. You are a priest. If you're a child of God, you're a priest and you belong in the kingdom of priests of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of our Lord and Savior. And what did the priests do? They first ministered unto God. So your first calling as a believer in Jesus is to minister unto God, is to pour out your love and affection, is to pour out your praise upon Him. If you are bored with worship in heaven or on earth, why would you want to go to heaven? If you're bored with Jesus on earth, why would you want to go to heaven? Are you captured with the love and the power and the beauty of Jesus? Or is he just an option? Is he just a religious principle? Now I'm preaching. (laughs) Is he just a, a figure on the wall? Is he just a routine? Is he just a crutch? That we go to when we have a need, when things aren't going good, we go to Jesus. Or is He our passionate Lord and Savior who we, we cry out for, who we long for, who we want to be with? That as priests of God, our greatest and highest calling is just to minister to Him. To give my love and affection and praise and worship to Him. That's what the priests did. They ministered the sacrifice. It was an offering. What does it say in Romans 12? That we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Our, all of ourselves is holy and pleasing to God. This is our spiritual act of, of worship. Presenting our lives devotion unto Him. But the other thing, the priests would, would receive from God. They would receive something and they would hear from the Lord and they, they'd... Minister back to the people of God. And so we get to hear from God as well. We get to minister to Him and we get to hear from Him. And so I have some questions for you to ponder this this first part of the year. Number one is this. What is the Lord saying to you? What is What is Jesus saying to you? Don't just let this be... And I'm not talking about just a, a Sunday morning minute here. I'm talking about... What is Jesus saying to you right now in your life? What is He doing in you right now? What is He highlighting? What is He, what is He speaking? And if you don't know, then don't get out of His presence till you do know. I'm speaking to myself too. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself to say, let's not just move on. Let's not just go through the, through the rituals that we always go through to start the year. Let's, let's really seek Jesus and have a word from Him. What is He saying to us? Number two, what promise is God giving you? Is He highlighting for you? Is He revealing to you? Because it's the promises of God, they're yes and amen in Jesus. So all the promises have already been said yes to. So find a promise from God. Let Him highlight what does He want you to hold on to this season. As you step into a new year, as you step into a new season, what is He wanting you to hold on to? What promise of God is He highlighting in you? Number three is this. What is the Lord saying to His people, the church? What do you hear God saying to just 
the people of God in general. And you're like, isn't that your job? No. If we're all ministers and priests, it's our job to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We are the sons and daughters of the king. We're not less than. We're not, we're not second rate. You're not a second class citizen of the kingdom of God. If you're a believer in Jesus, there's only one level. You're a son or a daughter of the king of kings. Jesus is your older brother. You have, have an inheritance in heaven that is stored up for you. You have all the promises of God. All the benefits of salvation have been given to you because of Jesus. All the grace of God is available to you. The power of the Holy Spirit is available to you. Everything that Jesus paid for and everything that Jesus walked in, except for his unique identity as the one and only Son of God himself in the flesh, is available to us as human beings as we walk in the in the sonship and the in the awareness of the kingdom of God so let us have our ears open not just what God is saying to me 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 I think it's important but sometimes we get so focused on me 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 that we're not hearing what God is saying broadly it's like hey what is God saying to you and you're like well I don't have a platform I don't have a place to to speak to that yes you do you do it's between you and Jesus When he reveals something to you about his people, the church, you address it first with him. You minister to it under the Lord. Maybe God's showing you that so that you pray and your prayer matters and brings breakthrough. Maybe you don't speak of it publicly to anyone, but you speak of it to Jesus. And the fourth question I have is this. What needs to die or be set aside in me this year? What, what needs to just not exist anymore in my life? What do I need to let go of? And we may say, oh, you know, that, that can be all kinds of things. What is God saying, we're letting this go this year? This is the year that this thing dies. Maybe it's a struggle you've had. Maybe it's a... Uh, you know, something that's, you know, you just haven't been able to break free from. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's just a, a way you spend your time. I don't know what, what, what God would tell you to, to put on the altar. But when we put things on the altar, spiritually, they die. They burn up. They're gone. They don't ever come back. And so what, what needs to die in you this year? What needs to be set aside in you this year. What did Jesus say? If, if you want to follow me, you must take up your cross daily and follow me. So in many ways, we, we're supposed to die to ourselves every single day. Every single day, I have to, you know, die to what John Wymore wants to do. His personal plan for the world and himself and other people Some people don't have plans for other people, but I do. You know, if you're a controlling person, you want you want to you don't want to just take care of yourself. You want to take care of other people. Right. So what do I need to have die in me this year? Maybe it's that control. I don't know. 
Maybe it's something like God says, I want fear to die in you this year. It's not all negative things that need to die. God might want to say, I'm going to take doubt and I'm going to, it's going to die in you this year. Doubt is going to be set aside and you're going to have faith like you've never, you've always wanted but never been able to have before. You're going to see that. So don't, don't limit it to like, I got to get rid of the bad stuff. Sometimes it's like, I'm, you know, it's not like my personal sin. It's like something that I just can't get free from. I'm not choosing it, but I, I find myself there. It's, it's the sin that so easily entangles us. I just, I'm tangled up in it, God. How do I get out? And he says, just call to me. Call unto the Lord. And I'm going to answer you, and I'm going to deliver you from your fears. I'm going to deliver you from your doubt. I'm going to deliver you from your addictions. I'm going I'm to bring freedom. What does it say in this scripture right here in verse 5? It says, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. That the blood of Jesus frees us from the power of sin. That followers of Jesus are not meant to be sinners barely making it. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yes, you are a sinner saved by grace. And now you've been changed. You're not a sinner anymore. You're a child of the king of kings. You will live out whoever you believe you are. If you believe you're not worthy, then you'll live like one who's not worthy of love from Jesus. If you believe that... Well, we're just, you know, you just never get free from some things. You know, you just, you just, you just have to live with it, right? You just have to live with this thing. And you'll, you know, guess what? According to your faith, will it be done to you? You will live with that thing for the rest of your life. But according to your faith, will it be done to you? When people came to Jesus, he said that over and over again because they were believing for something more. When the woman who had the issue of blood, who was, had bleeding in her body and had sickness and disease, and it says she came up and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment or the edge of his prayer cloth, then I'll be healed. And what happened? She touched it and she was healed. And what did Jesus say? According to your faith, it's been done. Because you believed it, it's going to be done. Now, of course, we can't just believe whatever we want. It has to be lined up in truth. It has to be connected to Jesus. But in this case, Jesus is the healer. And she knew if she could reach out and touch the healer, she would be healed. Because her faith connected with truth, then it was released in her life. And according to her faith, was it done to her? The same thing happens in your life. According to your faith, it will be done unto you. When you believe in truth and grab onto truth and you have the word of God in your heart and you reach for it and you grab it, guess what? According to your faith, it will be done for you. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. You know, sometimes we don't love because we don't know love. That we have to experience the love of Jesus sometimes in our lives to have a personal love encounter with Jesus. That's going to draw love out of you. Because we love, why? First John says, because he first loved us. 
And so maybe for you, it's you need to experience the love of God like you never have in your life. To experience his love that will transform you. To experience his love that will, that will break shackles of shame off of you. That will break guilt and, and regret off of you. That will, that will wash away way, mindsets and ways of thinking. Negative thinking. Negative talk. Just disgusting impurities that come into our minds that don't belong, that we were not created to live with, that we don't have to live with, that we don't have to stay in that place of impurity or anything that's connected to that, that we can be set free by the blood of Jesus because He loves us. And He has freed us from our sins by His blood and he has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and father to him be glory and power forever and ever amen just as we were singing earlier I mean that's really what it's all about is that Jesus gets all the glory that if we live in a way where Jesus is getting the glory then we're living in a way that we were created to live if we live in any way where somehow I am obtaining something selfishly, I am obtaining something just for me, that I'm becoming just a consumer of, of spiritual goods. If I'm just a consumer to get something good from God, then I'm going to miss out and I'm not going to be in the right place because I'm not meant to consume things for my good. I'm meant to be consumed so I can give glory to Jesus and live a life devoted to Him, laid down on the altar, a laid down lover of God. And we need, help. We need God to help us. Just as Greg wrote in that devotional, help me, Lord. We need help. We need help because if things stay the same, then guess what? We're going to keep going through the same things over and over again. But if we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, if, we, if our lives are transformed, then guess what? Something different's going to happen. Something will change. You know, it's like if you want to... We know we can't do the same thing over and over again, but yet we still keep trying to do it, right? We keep, I'm going to try this over and over again. I'm going to try it again. And God says, look, you got to hear from me. you got to hear what I'm saying. What is the Spirit saying to you in this time? So I want us, before we take communion, I want us to just reflect for a minute. I want us to just take a minute. Sir, if you want to get some, some music ready just to play, some worship quietly. I want us to just take a minute and just, just sit in God's presence. We're just going to take like three or four minutes. But I encourage you, let this be not the only time you take. Let this be like, okay, God, I'm going to start the conversation right now. And I'm going to finish the conversation later. Whether that's later today, tomorrow morning, whatever time you set aside, tomorrow evening as a, you know, personally or as a couple, as a family, whatever that may be, just take some time and say, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to seek you. You're, you're fat. Maybe you have a certain time. You're already like, I'm, I'm doing a certain thing with prayer and fasting right now. So, okay, 
just let this be a part of that conversation with Jesus. That it's not, it's not just a religious thing where we, we do the church thing and then we go home and nothing changes. But we actually connect with him. So I just want to pray, pray over us. And we're just going to take a minute to just kind of sit with God and let him speak to us. If you need to write something down, just grab your bulletin or grab a prayer card or whatever's in front of you there. Just, just write it down. But Holy Spirit, right now we just, we just thank you for your presence with us. We thank you that you've already been speaking to us. And we, we invite you right now to just help us, help us hear from you. Help us know what you're saying. Help us know what promise you're giving to us. Help us hear your heart for your people, God. Help us know what needs to die in us this year. Help us know whatever else that we need to know that we don't know we need to know. Revelation, God. We just ask for a revelation in Jesus' name. Just take a few minutes where you're at.